Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. And you can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us today and enjoy today's service. Serving here at Fellowship Church for like 12 years now. And honestly, it feels longer than 12 when you work with like Tim and Joe and those guys. They keep you on your toes for sure. But for many of you guys, I've had the privilege of doing ministry with you guys in the room at, at some level, whether it's through the spiritual warfare and transformation realm. I've been in a lot of your different deliverances and things like that. I've uh, just teaching classes and watching people get from A to B. It's just super, super humbling for me. I love watching God do something amazing in people's lives. And for some of you, I've been able to celebrate weddings and, and officiating the ceremonies. And, and for some of you, I've had the honor of even helping your family through loss and through funeral service and things like that. And so I'm honored today to be able to bring a message that's honestly something that's been on my heart for quite a while. And so what I want to do before we jump into it, I just want to just pray and invite the Spirit in because I know without a shadow of doubt, that Jesus wants to do something specific and special for each one of our hearts today. So would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God, for who you are, for how you work. So we invite you in. God, influence our minds, our thoughts. Uh, the whole thing's about you. And so, God, would you uh, just cast away anything the enemy is going to try and distract us with, and we invite you in, God, in your heavenly name. Amen. Well, today I want to talk about a spiritual trait that is probably the biggest, most important, impactful spiritual trait that anybody could ever have. And thank the Lord that this spiritual trait is not based on our appearances. Thank you, Jesus. It's not based on our appearances. This spiritual trait is not based on your background, on your upbringing or anything like that. The spiritual trait isn't based on your education, the things that you've learned, things that you've known, college or anything like that. It's not about that at all. This spiritual trait simply is consistency. Consistency. And I think we all have different things in our life that we want to be more consistent in. And we have different things in our life that we want to be less consistent in at some level. Like I want to be more consistent in eating healthy. And I want to be less consistent in eating things that look and smell like chocolate chip cookies. Right? <laughs> And I'll tell you, my wife, she makes the best chocolate chip cookies. She does. She starts with Joanna Gaines' recipe, which is just butter and sugar, basically, which is a great spot to start. And then she makes it so much better. And no matter how many cookies my wife makes, we, I, take it down in like a couple days. Because determination is also a spiritual trait <laughs> that is good to have. That's why my wife, says she thinks she's really tricky. I'm sorry, you're in here. I don't know where you are. I love you. Um, <laughs> She thinks it's really tricky. She, she's like, I'm going to, she, she keeps the, the cookie dough in little balls, and then she puts them in the freezer. 
you ever had frozen chocolate chip cookie dough? It's so good. And then she'll write, she'll write on it, save. And I'm like, she saved him for me. <laughs> yes. No, consistency is always something that we, we, we look at our life and we're like, we wish we were more consistent in something. We, were, we wish we were less consistent in other things. And the truth is the devil is after our consistency, especially in the things that will bring us closer to God and closer to the person that he called us to be. Because I believe that God has put us here in this, on this planet for a specific mission and a specific purpose, and of course the enemy's gonna try to attack that. And so how do we slay the dragon of inconsistency? If you find yourself in a place where you've had good intentions and you've started something, but you lack follow-through, and you start something and you just can't quite get to that finish line, I want you to know I totally understand. There's other areas than just cookie dough that uh, I wish I was more uh, or less consistent in. One of the areas I wish I was more consistent in, and it's kind of embarrassing for a pastor, but like, have you guys ever been on the, the version Bible app? You've seen that? It's like, it's a really cool app on your phone that will put every translation of the Bible just right there in your hand. And there's some cool features on the app. One of them is Bible plans. Like you could read Bible plans with other people. And honestly, if you choose us as your church, you can get a Bible plan sent to you around Tuesday or so of a theme that's generally what we're talking about on Sunday mornings, too. But one of the other features of the app is pretty, is pretty cool sometimes. And it'll track how many days in a row you've opened the app and read the Bible. It's called a streak. It's like a winning streak. And so I go, okay, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to you know, like, I should have a pretty long streak. I'm reading my Bible every day. Now, I want you to know I love my paper Bible. And in my quiet times, I like to call my quiet times happy hours because it does a little bit more for me there. Um, but, like, my time with God, I like to use my paper Bible. But I'm thinking I'm a pastor. I've got other people on the app, too. I'm going to have, like, a pretty long winning streak in, in opening the app. So I go in my head. I'm like, okay, what should I try and gun for? Make a goal of 365 days. I can, I can read my Bible every day. That's probably what a pastor should do, right? For five years, I have yet to hit that mark. <laughs> For five years, I, I just can't seem to get it together. And I got good intentions, but sometimes I just struggle with that follow-through. Well, if that's anything in your life, whether it's wanting to be more consistent in the way you eat or time with the Lord or you're wanting to be a better encouragement to your kids or just more present at home, if you've started that before and you've struggled with that follow-through, this message is for you because I know the, the dragon of inconsistency is constantly trying to pounce, but how can we get past that? How can we get over that? That's what I want to talk about today. Now, I find a strange comfort in the fact that there's a guy in the New Testament that wrote most of the New Testament, that struggles with inconsistency in his life. And I found it kind of a strange comfort when I started reading that. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul says this, I don't really understand myself. You ever been there? I don't understand myself. I know my kids say that to me all the time. They don't understand what I'm talking about. Find your shoes. Anyway, he goes on to say, For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I've been there. I can, I can identify with that. He goes on to say in verse 18 and 19, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I, want, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Have you ever been there with something in your life? Absolutely. And I was like, okay, so you know what? 
If, if someone who authored a lot of the New Testament is in that place, okay, maybe I can track with this, God. Maybe I can get somewhere as well. But why is it so important that we slay inconsistency in our lives? I love this statement from Pastor Craig Rochelle. This is what he says. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Did you catch that? Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. See, it's not what we do occasionally that makes the difference. It's what we do consistently. If I only occasionally ate frozen cookie dough out of the freezer, I probably wouldn't look the way I am now. That's probably more accurate. But thank the Lord my wife does not make them very consistently. <laughs> she has uh, the, the best in mind for me. I know she does. But today I want to look at a character in the Bible, in the Old Testament. And this guy is so consistent. He's consistent in his relationships. He's consistent in his, his leadership. He's consistent in his spirituality. This guy's name is Daniel. Now Daniel has a whole book in the Old Testament about all his stuff, all the things that he went through, things he saw. But let me give you a little bit of background on the story we're talking about today. This happened around 605 BC, and this is 18 years or so after the evil Babylonians conquered Jerusalem and took all of God's people and deported them to Babylon. And the whole reason they did that was to indoctrinate them into their culture, meaning they're going to take the best and brightest young minds of Israel and they're going to take them over and teach them how to speak like Babylonians, how to talk like them, how to, how to uh, they give them Babylonian names, they teach them how to eat like Babylonians, cook like, I mean, drive camels like Babylonians. It's just, the, this is very common in the old times, in the ancient times, for empires to be able to build. is because they just, they teach the youth a certain culture, and then that's how they would grow their empire. So Daniel gets deported over to Babylon, but Daniel never, like, betrayed what he knew about God. He, he kept the, his relationship with God throughout the whole time. And God's favor was on Daniel's life. And so the king at this point in time is King Darius. And King Darius looks at Daniel and said, this kid's got it. He's got it. He's consistent. So he starts promoting Daniel up through the ranks. But Daniel starts like getting promoted past like local Babylonians that were like born and bred there. Like everybody. He starts getting all this favor from the king. So some of these evil Babylonians that want Daniel's promotion, they come up with this plan. We've got to get some dirt on Daniel. We gotta get him canceled. We gotta get him canceled. So they start, you know, like looking through his old Instagram posts from like his college days. All right, what's that bottle he's holding? Right? They try, they try and look at maybe his some ex-girlfriends, dig up some dirt on Daniel a little bit. They're trying to get him canceled. They're trying to find something they can take to the king to be like, Daniel's not the right choice. But I love what the Bible says in Daniel 6:4. It says, the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. I love this part. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they couldn't find anything. Instead, they found that he was faithful, responsible, and trustworthy. Now I wonder, what do you think you might need to have in order to be faithful, responsible, and all these things? consistency. He was consistent. So when they dug into Daniel's life, they didn't find anything they could use against him, but they did find something, and that was his devotion to God. So they're like, we're going to attack that. So they come up with this plan, and they go to the king, King Darius, and they go up to him. They say, king, you are the best. You are the greatest of all time, the best king we have ever had. We have an idea. What if you write a law 
that says if anybody prays to a god except you, and they're talking to King Darius, then they get thrown into a pit of lions. Now, lion, that means death, all right? For you cat people, it's not like a cuddle party. It's like death, okay? You're going to sentenced to death if you pray to anybody but the king. Now, the king goes, well, that's a wonderful idea. Wow, yes, that, that sounds great. Anybody who prays to anybody else but me for 30 days gets thrown into a pit of lions. Now, the king had no idea they were trying to attack Daniel at this time because the king likes Daniel. But the king signs it into law, and of course... Daniel hears about it, and I love Daniel's response to learning about the law. In verse 10, chapter 6, says this, but when Daniel learned about the law he, that had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. Everybody say, as usual. As usual. In his upstairs room, with its windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. As usual. It was business as usual for Daniel. And if you know a little bit more of Daniel's story, there was a lot of other things that happened in his life. Trusting God paid off. And so Daniel just goes, even though this could mean death for him, he leans on what he had been consistently doing before. And so, of course, the evil, evil leaders, they, they follow Daniel. They see that he had, you know, immediately just went and prayed. So they go back to the king and they say, King, Daniel, he, he prayed to his God, actually, like, right after you said, you know, you can't. And, and, and that's when the king learned and was honestly disturbed that, oh, this whole thing was, a, was about Daniel the whole time. But nonetheless, the king had signed a law. So Daniel gets thrown into a pit of lions. One of the coolest scriptures in all the Bible. God sends an angel and closes the mouths of the lions and all of the cat people were like, that sounds like the best day. Biggest kittens, just, I'm sure he was praying the whole time in there. That would have been terrifying. But for a whole, for a whole night, he, he stays in the lion's den, and the king is hoping, hoping that Daniel's God will deliver him. And this is what the king finds in uh, chapter 6, verse 23. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he trusted in his God. You see, Daniel's as usual became his strength in the battle. The consistency that Daniel had before the lion's den brought him through to freedom in the lion's den. See, when did Daniel trust God? He didn't learn to trust God in the lion's den. He learned to trust God in the prayer closet. That's where Daniel learned everything. He had consistently sought after God. See, it's not what we do occasionally that makes the difference. It's what we do consistently. Daniel's faith wasn't built in the battle. It was built on his knees. So that's Daniel's model. How do we then break inconsistency? Because that's what the devil's going to try and make us. Inconsistent in the places that matter and consistent in the places that don't. How can we slay inconsistency? How can we build consistency in our life? Well, the first thing that we do is we need to start with the why. We need to start with the why. If we're going to grow in consistency, we've got to start with the why. So answer this question. Why did Daniel pray consistently? And it wasn't about outward show. It's not, because it said that he did this in the, in the privacy of his own room. Like the Pharisees in the New Testament, they're always praying on the street corners, and it's long and lofty prayers for everybody to see. That's not how it was in Daniel's life at all. It wasn't like that. See, where Daniel's life made a difference is his why 
was based in devotion and not desire. See, there's a big difference between devotion and desire. Daniel was devoted to God. He didn't just want to spend time with it. It wasn't just a desire. See, this is the thing that, the difference between devotion and desire is why New Year's resolutions don't last. That's the difference. I mean, think about it. I mean, when you see a New Year's resolution, was it like the second week in, like the second Friday of January and like all of mankind has already failed in their, in their New Year's resolutions? And I think it's because it's that, that start, when you start to make that change on January 1st, if it's only built in a desire, not devotion, it won't last. Because decisions built out of desire won't last. They seldom last. The decision made out of devotion will stand the test of time. It'll stand the test of time. See, New Year's resolutions, if it's just a desire, I would challenge you, like, if it really matters to you, why would you wait till January 1st? Like, why wait? If, it re- if it's really important to you. Like, if your doctor said, you need to stop smoking or you will die. You're probably not going to be like, well, I'll wait till January 1st. If it's something that important. I understand I'm not trying to diminish addiction or anything like that. But what I am saying is, like, if it really matters to you, find your why and you can start today. Opposed to just the desire and you put it off again and again and again. And we have different patterns in our life where we continue to do those things. And you might say, okay, I, I want to, you know, do a little bit better um, in my time with God. I want to get closer to him. Or you might say, I want to do a little bit better in my marriage. I, w- I want to put more into my marriage. Or you might say, I want financial stability. Well, I'll ask you why. Why? Because honestly, if you're just like, I'm gonna, I want to spend more time with God, and your why is because that's what good Christians should do. Grandma said, pray. You got to follow Gam Gam's words. If your why is there, I think that that might be more desire than devotion. But if, you're, if your why is in devotion, and maybe your why in spending more time with God is like, because I am sick and tired of the devil distracting me from the th- calling and the thing that he's placed on my heart in this planet in this time. I am, I am going to pursue God because of who he has called me to be. If I'm a child of God and Jesus said that I am worth dying for on the cross, then I'm going to say he is worth getting up 10 minutes early and pursuing his heart as well. Right? Do you feel that why? And let me tell you, if you can root your why into identity or or who you are, if you can attach a who to your why, that's extra credit. Because all of a sudden now you're, you're coming from a place of being and not doing. Right? It's not about what I do, it's about who I am. And if I know I am a child of the resurrected king of the universe, then that's, des- that's devotion, not just desire. That's a why. If your why is like, I want to get, I I get better in my marriage, I want to put more into my marriage, and your why is like, because my spouse is a jerk. Not a good why. It's probably not even desire. That's where I just sin right away, right? No. Or, or even if it's just like, well, because uh, I'm not crazy about the, some choices I made and I just want to improve my marriage. No, no, no. What's a real why? Like devotion. I made my vows in the presence of God Almighty. And if I am a child of God, I will live my life like a child of God. And that will be leading my family and my spouse and pursuing them in a way that Jesus pursues my heart. Right? I am going to show my kids 
a way of marriage that when they look for spouses in their future, that now we are creating a long-lasting legacy of people that are pursuing their spouses as God pursues us. That's a why. Do you feel that? That's a why. And so I challenge you, whatever that change you want to make in your life, what is your why? Daniel knew his why. His faith wasn't built in the lion's den. It was built on his knees in the prayer closet. So number one, we're going to find our why. Number two, we're going to fall in love with the process. This is where I want us to think we're not going to be goal-oriented or, or only goal-minded. Because for some of us, like, the goal of debt could be years away still. And if I only focus on that goal, I'm never going to feel successful until I meet it. Who wants two years or whatever it is to be able to pay off that debt of, like, not feeling successful? So we're going to fall in love with the process, the process of achieving that thing. The mistake so many of us may make is we obsess about that goal. I want to lose the 20 pounds. I want to pay off the cards. I want to read through the Bible in a whole year, whatever it is. Now, I've been elk hunting for eight years, and the truth is I'm just not very good at it. I, I've been elk hunting eight years, but there's so much more to elk hunting that I love. I love the elk woods. Like, where, where the elk are is, like, nasty, like thick, steep country. I love getting to a place with a red light headlamp so the animals can't see me. And I, and I stay in that one place before the sun comes up till after the sun goes down. And I wish animals were consistent. <laughs> They're not. They're not. But do you know how many elk I've killed, or harvested? Sorry, killed seems harsh. Harvested sounds better. <laughs> how many elk I've harvested? Zero. Some of you might say, well, you're just not good at hunting, and I would tend to agree with you. But how much more sweeter is that goal going to be when I get it because I fell in love with the process? For some of you, eating healthy, that, how are you supposed to fall in love with kale? <laughs> I've never seen kale at a wedding party, right? <laughs> no, but if you fall in love with the process of just bettering yourself, of God, because you are good, I'm going to treat my body good. You will find success each day instead of only when you reach that goal of 20 pounds. So you're not successful when you achieve the goal in the future. You're successful when you honor God today. That's the truth. So don't be so goal-oriented. Fall in love with that process. And here's the truth. When, when Paul was talking in, in Romans 7 about all these things, I don't understand myself, he concludes with, thank God I have hope in Christ Jesus. Thank God for Jesus, right? So with God's help, you can say things like, I'm not, I no longer drink soft drinks. With God's help, you can say, I put $50 away each week toward debt. With God's help, you can do those things. Fall in love with the process. So we find our why. We fall in love with that process. And the last thing, you're going to plan to fail. Now, that may sound counterintuitive, but I promise you this is important. You've got to plan to fail. Think about it this way. Do you think Daniel ever missed a prayer time, like with, with God? Let's not over-spiritualize Daniel, okay? He was human, just like all of us. I bet one time the king was like, Daniel, you need to stay late for work. I need you to stay late. We, gotta, we get all these dreams to interpret or whatever he's doing. We got all these things to do. I mean, or whatever. I mean, maybe like there's a, a traffic jam and it's camels, nose to tail, like all the blocks, right? Of course Daniel missed a prayer time. Of course he did, but do you see the power, the power in 
making it to where you're planning to fail is you're taking shame's voice out of the equation. Shame has no longer a power. And I think for some of us, shame could be attacking us because you've tried to start again and again and again. But see, when we fail one time, the devil's going to try and say, you are a failure. But if you plan to fail, just knowing, God, I'm not perfect, all of a sudden, there's nothing, there's nothing to stop you. Here's the rule I love about planning to fail. If you fall once, just don't fall twice. If I cheat on my diet one time, I'm just not going to do it again. I talk about not being able to get that 365-day streak in the, in the Bible app. It's really hard to do. I haven't been able to do it in, in five years. But very, very rarely do I miss two days in a row. Very rarely. And I don't take that to heart. Because if you plan to fail, shame won't have as big of a voice. Brene Brown says this, shame corrodes the very part of us that believes we're capable of change. So plan to fail. Don't let that be something in your life. And so today, I feel like God, for each and every one of us, has something specific for us. Because he's specific. From the cross, Jesus said, you are worth dying for. And thank God that our hope is in Jesus, that he won't just watch us better ourselves, but he will walk with us through the process. And so I invite everybody right now just to close your eyes where you are. And just invite Jesus in. God, have your way in my life. And I want you to ask him, Ask God, what's one place I need to be more consistent? Just one. Is it spending more time with him? And remember, Jesus will not say you're a failure. He is not going to cast shame in you. Jesus says you matter and you are strong enough. So what's, what's that one thing? Is it simply spending more time with God? Is it making better financial decisions? Is it being more intentional with your spouse? that one thing and it's okay if you don't get it today right now but spend time with God this week asking these few questions God where can I be more consistent and Jesus help me find my why what's my why and I believe with all my heart that where, where the devil has stolen your why and where the devil has tried to put a lie in there instead, that freedom will come today in the name of Jesus Christ, and that God will give you a portion of you that you've never seen before. He'll give you a strength that you've never felt before. He will give you a hope that you've never thought possible about the biggest thing in your life, the biggest struggle. God, what's my why? And so this week, as we ask these questions, I want to pray this prayer of blessing over you. Jesus, I pray, God, that you can speak to every one of us. God, you can show us places in our life that you want us to grow. And thank you for coming alongside of us to do that. And God, I pray that you can plant in each and every one of us a why. Lord, would you attach that to who we are in you, how you see us? And Lord, as we 
Pursue that this week. I ask you, God, to loose your strength and your power to fall in love with that process. Lord, that we can see addictions break in the name of Jesus Christ and we can see pathways closer to you come up out of nowhere in the name of Jesus because of who you are. You are a God of freedom and a God of power and a God of love and a God of hope. So I pray for every single heart to feel those today. Thank you, Jesus, for coming alongside of us. And God, I pray that everyone in this room, myself included, can remember, Lord, that you took perfection to the cross and you are perfect so we don't have to be. So where shame is trying to tell people that it's not even worth starting, I come against that in the name of Jesus Christ. And we bind and we cast shame out in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, God, to loose your holy acceptance and power and strength into us, knowing, God, that you are worth pursuing and you are worth trying for and you are worth getting closer to. So Jesus, bring people around us this week that can help us. Meet us this week to give us more than what you have today. And Lord, lay your hand a blessing on us. That where the enemy did have a say, it no longer is in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are good, you are great, and we love you. In your name, Jesus, amen. Come on, give him a shout of praise. He's so good. He's so good. Well, thank you guys for coming out this week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior and to guide my life, to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.